with one person and say, well, we don't like what he's been saying, he's out. So we'll live with fake news. I mean, I hate to say it, but we have no choice because that's by far the better alternative. Trump was smelling himself at the rally. As a, We had a boss that used to say that all the time. We'd get off the air and he'd say, boy, you guys are smelling yourselves today. That thing you did about whatever was a bad Stop idea. saying that. How he thought, what a weird expression. <sighs> but anyway, Trump was in his element, even with the one of the craziest breaking news days of his presidency. And that's saying something. He did his rally in the usual swagger. I'm I'm King Swingin' Richard, yeah. as he always does. With enthusiastic uh, people chanting and yelling I don't and cheering. Know, I don't know if before and after the White House, if he was throwing books and kicking the cat or what, but didn't seem to be bothered. Yeah, well, let's uh, check in with Steve Nelson, White House, I'm sorry, the Washington Examiner's White House reporter, uh, checking on the mood, the spin, etc. Hello, Steve, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. So, a wild day yesterday. Uh, needless to say, we've been talking about it a lot today, and we are not uh, cable news shouters trying to make this sound like it's the end of the world, nor are we under the illusion that Donald Trump and the various people he surrounded himself with are saints. Um, the truth is certainly somewhere in the middle. But having said all that, uh, what are you hearing from the White House? Uh, so, of course, yesterday, these uh, two major uh, stories broke at just about the same time. Manafort being convicted on uh, various charges, uh, Michael Cohen pleading guilty to uh, many others and uh, alleging that he committed campaign finance crimes at the direction of President Trump. Uh, there was just, I, I think, you know, national shock that everything had happened so quickly. But uh, today, President Trump has carried on as usual on Twitter, uh, expressing uh, confidence that Michael Cohen has pleaded guilty to a criminal offense that does not exist uh, in terms of election law, and that Paul Manafort has uh, been convicted of crimes uh, totally distinct from uh, the, the uh, 2016 campaign. Where was so, the president? Uh, and fair enough. Yeah. Do you know where the president was specifically when this news uh, all broke yesterday at the same time? So I, I believe he was on Air Force One or just about to get on to Air Force One uh, to go to the rally in West Virginia. Uh, <laughs> he, of course, made his first remarks stepping down uh, the, the stairs from Air Force One. Do uh, they have uh, free Wi-Fi in Air Force One or do you have to pay for it? <laughs> uh, they're, they're, they're free, I, I believe. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't personally handle our expenses over here. He's got to wait I've till they land to text the Joint Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, that would that would not work, really. Okay, so so defiant and and moving on is is the mood there clearly. Uh, it is, you know, it's it's going to be interesting. There's obviously a lot of speculation about whether he's going to pardon Manafort or you know when that might come. Uh, things could get really interesting, uh, but right now it, it seems that um, you know almost they they haven't gotten interesting. President Trump has you know come out with this very clear messaging, uh, and uh, you know if if he holds to it, you know maybe 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 the news cycle moves on uh, after today. Uh, it clearly, um, it could get a lot more interesting, though. Lanny Davis, Michael Cohen's attorney, is saying that he's willing to cooperate fully with uh, Special Counsel Mueller. Um, um, the Manafort, you know, his trials aren't over. They're going to continue. Um, it, it, it could get a lot more interesting. But right right now, it seems that there's consistent messaging uh, and an attempt to portray, you know, confidence and, you know, a lack of panic from the White House. Steve Nelson, Washington Examiner, White House reporter. <laughs> Steve, hey, we appreciate the update. Thanks a million. Okay, thank you. Right, you that's what I'm always trying to portray, a lack of panic. Mm. Uh, that's my wheelhouse. There you go. Um, so looking up at the cable news and the Trump-hating cable news, 
it seems to me that they've mostly moved away from the campaign finance stuff. And I wonder if, you know, as as everybody settled down and uh, and heard from former FEC commissioners and that sort of thing, they thought, you know, there not, might not be as much on this as we thought. So it, it seems to me that today, 18 hours later, there's more focus on Cohen's lawyer saying that he's got stuff involving the whole Russia investigation and he's willing to talk. And specifically the hacking, computer hacking, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which which well, that puts would us, be something. Which puts us, yeah, it would be something, but it puts us right back into the world of if this, then that. I right, mean, rumors. No, no rumors and no yeah. facts. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So, uh, complete uh, transition. You okay with that, Michael? Yeah. If you, oh, is Michael out of the room? Michael's left. M- Michael quit. Uh, Michael he just left. He decided he's had enough. Uh, Michael, it's very rare he uh, he leaves this post. I just want transition music. Whoa. We make our pug sing this song now and then. It's pretty pretty funny. How do you make him sing it? Well, by puppeteering. We play the song, and then you hold him, and then you, like, move his paw around, did so he's going like this. Did you mean pug-puteering, Schwab? <laughs> <laughs> we need transition music from that now. All right, turn it off. Turn it off! We got another dog, uh, uh, a puppy, just, like, last week, and this is, a, this is a, like, a normal dog that, like craves attention and seems to care about you. I yes. can already tell from the pictures he's a very good boy. <laughs> and I'd forgotten what that's like because pugs do not care. Wow. They you pet him and it's like, why are you doing that? Much like the that's honey badger. Weird. Why are you rubbing my head? This right. is strange. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh there boy. you go. Oh boy. That's a pug sleeping right there. Oh boy. Oh, a pug is stop. clearly a cat in a weird looking oh. dog suit. Oh boy. Uh, that's a cute little dog you got. Anyway, uh, so uh, how do I how do I introduce this stuff? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I, I've been lucky to live all over the country. It's been an interesting experience. And sometimes I talk to uh, some of my friends from uh, the Midwest or, you know, the South or Texas or whatever. And they say, man, California's crazy. And I don't correct them. I tell them, you have no idea. Here's a for instance. All you nice folks I met in Idaho. Enjoy this. There's some frank uh, uh, sex terms going to be used right here, folks. If you're off put by that sort of thing or you got your children listening, it's up to you. I mean, nothing dirty, but frank. Don't have your children listen. Healthline, which is a California-based health information provider. Healthline has claimed health disparities and higher rates of HIV and STIs observed in the LGBTQIA communities. That's right. They're STIs now because... Uh, sexually transmitted disease seemed like you were shaming people. Yeah, that was part of it. Sexually transmitted infection is something. that. Well, we've also had doctors say, well, you can be infected and not have the disease yet. You just have the microbe within you. So it's an infection. All right. All right. Anyway, uh, the health disparities and higher rates of HIV and STIs observed in the LGBTQIA BBQ communities are due to discrimination in the sex ed world. Now, that alone is questionable, but let me go on. So the California-based health information providers adopted the gender-inclusive term front hole in place of the medical term vagina in their latest LGBTQIA safe sex guide. That's the worst phrase I've ever heard in my life. For the purpose... Yeah, front hole. 
I'm quoting now. For the purpose of this guide, we'll refer to the vagina as the front hole. Why would you do that? I'm about to explain (laughs) it to you. Maybe you should shut your pie hole and let me get to the explanation. Oh, my God, that's a terrible... Let let me do the whole thing, because Whisper it is... Whisper in her ear, can I can I touch your front hole? <laughs> oh, boy. She's not going to react well to that. you, you got to let me do it, because it is an exquisite work of art taken as a whole. That's W-H-O-L-E. <laughs> For the purpose of this guide, we'll refer to the vagina as the front hole, instead of solely using the medical term vagina. This is gender-inclusive language that's considerate of, considerate of the fact that some trans people don't identify with the labels the medical community attaches to their genitals. So if I'm, like, peeing and it hurts, or I got some heebie-jeebies, or I got with somebody who said, hey, I should have told you I have the HIV, and the doctor says, well, what we need to do is take a test, blah, 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 vagina. And I sit there dumbfounded. I don't know what you're talking about. Uncomprehending. Or, or I'm not listening. I'm not listening if he's using that term. I'm not listening. I'd rather be infected. You are severely <laughs> mentally ill. You're infected, all right. For oh, example, so crazy. he says, quoting. So it'd be front hole as opposed to your b- back hole? Yes. Yeah, that's the differentiation. <laughs> we had one emailer. I should give credit, but I don't remember who it is. Says, "Hey Joe, what's par for the front hole?" <laughs> that's a little golf joke there. <laughs> Moving along. God, that is and hilarious. I'm, I'm quoting again. For example, some trans and non-binary identified people assigned female at birth may enjoy being the receptors of penetrative sex, but experience gender dysphoria when that part of their body is referred to using a word that society and professional communities often associate with femaleness. An alternative that's becoming increasingly popular in trans and queer communities is front hole. Well, that makes you all crazy. That makes you crazy. It's. I mean, it's. It's so far beyond putting the cart before the horse, or, 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 uh, you know, um, fashioning what you're doing to a tiny, tiny, tiny minority. And I don't mean trans people. I mean trans people who can't deal with the realities of the names of the parts. Or, or, right. Or if you're if you're trans and you had whatever operation, so that you now have, you know, you, you're a man. You became a woman. You got the operation to have a. Fake is probably the word, wrong word, but uh, you know, a man-made, a man-made yeah. vagina. I would think he'd be perfectly fine with referring to it as the lady part, since you now want to be a lady, as opposed to making up a different word. Well, I, you know, sorry, ladies. Is uh, this from the government? The term vajayj. No, it's a California-based health information okay. provider. Okay, they yeah. they came up with the language. Uh, the term vagina is quickly becoming a bigoted word. Wow, because it leaves out. Women who don't have them. Or have them, but don't want to say that they have them, even in the doctor's office, because they are identified differently than their parts. And so they they don't want to. See, that. And the other 99.9% of us are going to change what we call that. Right. Right. Exactly. And what really gets to me, the insanity of it, is that. If, do you, you want me to take seriously somebody who is born with female parts but identifies as male. Well, they understand what they have, and they understand what it is, and the whole point is that it is dysphoria. It does not match with their uh, neurological, psychological uh, orientation. 
Well, they know that. They're acutely aware of the fact that they have a vagina. The idea that you can't call it that because it's on. That's just. That's crazy. See, I believe the trans thing. I've read the studies and all that sort of stuff. I've seen the brain imaging and all that thing. That That's a thing. I, be, I believe for, that. For a lot of people, it is. Some people are uh, are convinced that all the problems they have psychologically and fitting in in the world are because of that. Right. And then they get the transition uh, surgery or whatever, and then they realize, whoops, that was not my problem. Sure, that can happen, too. Yeah. But I believe that there is there is a group of people that their brain is wired one way and their body is a different thing. I mm-hmm. believe that is a thing. Sure. But the changing vagina to front hole is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Yes. That is something. You know, um... One of my very favorite uh, songwriters of all time. Um, uh, you know, I'll leave him out of it because I don't want to read that. You like that? That's bad music. God, I hate you people. <laughs> I hate you so much. I hate you with a burning hate. Um, anyway. This, Deep burning hate. This guy retired from the music business for a very long time. Just stopped performing at the just as his fame was going kablooey in his band. Um and he said he had a lot of emotional problems, and he thought being a famous, successful musician would solve them. And when he realized it wouldn't, he said, okay, well, i got to spend my time in, in dealing with my issues um, because being a famous musician ain't helping a bit. And a lot of, you know, a significant number of people in the Atlantic who I uh, said was dead to me, um, but I keep going back to, had a really good, fair, balanced, serious piece about uh, transgender people and people who think they're transgender and realize they're not and have to get the sur- surgery reversed and young people in particular are oh confused gosh. and go that and, and you of tell course, a six-year-old they might be then who knows what they're going to start thinking well right yeah but uh, you know maybe we'll have a link I'll, I'll find it for you Hanson we can put a link at armstrongandgetty.com it's it's when people get so f- full of fervor of like ideological fervor that they can't listen to the yeah but sometimes that's when you get into dangerous ground and, and this is a great example of it well, it's silly something. but it's crazy have my new favorite trump clip from his rally yesterday it's got nothing to do with anything really politics it's just him saying something we're going to be using a lot for the next two to six years something we can all enjoy <laughs> stay tuned to the armstrong and getty show armstrong and getty the conscience of the nation The Armstrong and Getty Show. Streetlights along the highway. Got a new favorite Trump clip I want to play for you. I think it's worth recapping this just briefly. This is just this is my take on it from the information I've taken in. Because I haven't heard this, well, hardly anywhere else. Certainly not both these things together. One, it's it's common for campaigns to violate federal election uh, laws. The Obama administration got hit with what is about a $400,000 fine for violating, not reporting this and that. It happens uh, a lot. It's very common. Uh, I've heard it referred to by people who follow this sort of thing as it's a political parking ticket. It's something everybody does and... In the terms of the hundreds of millions of dollars that are spent in campaigns, it's not that big a deal. So you got that end of it that even if they're guilty of violating campaign finance, it's not that big a deal. The other part is a commissioner from the FEC on an interview with Mark Levin 
said the guidelines say it has to be something that you was used for the campaign and campaign only. It's not, um, it had to be, you spent money on something that was for getting elected only. Obviously, you could make the argument that this helped him with the election. And paying it, off the, the skanks. Paying off the skanks, and it kept it a secret from his wife. Right. Obviously, you can make that argument that, I mean, he's going to make the argument that the primarily it was to keep it from his wife mm-hmm. and his family. But anyway. Well, I'm are, telling you, that will not go anywhere. Those and, are, and those of you who think, Joe, you're just you're a Trump guy, blah, blah, blah. No, no listen, seriously. This is not going to go anywhere. Hey, this document. That specific part of it. This documentary next week, this could all turn out to be true, that he was rushing, uh, rent, renting out. Uh, building after building to Russians who are laundering money in the United States to get himself out of bankruptcy? That could absolutely all be true. Yeah, I have no idea. My opinion on this has never been the collusion is the wrong thing to chase. What was interesting to me, to what extent was he compromised by debts that he owed to Russia? That's it. And, Boy, and there can be legitimate reasons yeah, to have I, business I, there, but I, we never got those answers. I was going to mention yesterday, what if, it, what if the Mueller report says we didn't find anything that shows that he worked with the Russians in this election to get to help hurt Hillary, blah, blah, blah. Right. But we do know that he was helping Russians launder money all through the 90s to the extent of millions of dollars. What would we do as a country then? It didn't have anything to do with the election. He's uh, like a tax cheat at a very high level and a number of other things. What would we do then? Would you boot, the, would you boot a president in office for that? It's a pretty um. big crime. What if it was millions of dollars of tax? Well, it's a multi-layered question. Would there be huge pressure to impeach him? Yes. Would a majority of the House say no, no, yes? You got full on. You'd have a it. full on criminal criminal, not yeah. minor crimes. Be- no, I'm, I'm I'm noodling it through, but it was quite a few years ago. Right, it was twenty years ago. They wouldn't have found out about it at all if it hadn't been for this other thing. I mean, it's not related to the original quest. Right. Well, listen. My argument would be, I think, I need to think about this, but no, my argument would be that. The uh, impeachment uh, part of the Constitution exists for high crimes and misdemeanors committed while in office. That's not to say you can't impeach him for anything. You can impeach him because you don't like the look of him. Sure. Um, the Constitution is very vague intentionally. Um, I think it's entirely a political question. I think you, you decide that at the next election, whether you want that guy to be the president. Yeah, that could be what happens. Whether you want this guy to be the president. He's crazy. This guy is crazy. Our president is crazy. <laughs> that's got to be a new regular Trump clip. That is awesome. Oh, that's good. <laughs> our president is crazy. Crazy. Uh, what's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, Democrats getting their Trump impeachment marching orders. Facebook is pulling hundreds of accounts. Accounts linked not just to the Russians. And California about to limit what drinks kids can order in restaurants. They will have a choice, milk or water. Oh, boy. Stories coming up. This guy is crazy. Our president is crazy. (laughs) That's awesome. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. There you go. What's that? I want to hear this. Joe's Our president pre- is crazy. Says who? <laughs> Excellent. Beautiful. Excellent. <laughs> mm, radio. <laughs> 
theater to the mind. It's like yeah. Trump and Cohen are right in here. That's amazing. <laughs> it's like get, I was there. Get to the news now with Marsha Phillips. Yeah, not going to do it. House Democratic leader Nancy Pelosi says impeaching President Trump is not a priority for Democrats despite the conviction of Trump's former campaign manager Paul Manafort and the guilty plea of his former lawyer Michael Cohen. They've done the polling, Marshall. They've done the polling. They know it would do them at least as much harm as good. So they're keeping their powder dry. They're keeping their voices down. Indeed. Meanwhile, Republic- Till after the election, Republican Senator uh, Orrin Hatch was taking the news about Cohen's charges very cautiously. Well, well these are serious charges and uh, they can't be ignored. Do you think he's high crimes and misdemeanors? I wouldn't go that far just yet. Just I wouldn't go yet. that far just yet. Yeah. Well, wow. powder dry. What does that refer to? It keep you gunpowder dry. Yeah. I, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Back in the days when you had muskets. Exactly. Yeah. Orrin Hatch is... That dis- was Nancy Pelosi's first term. <laughs> Congress, <laughs> coincidentally. Now, yes. Orrin Hatch is an old man who, similar to Nancy Pelosi, might be past his, uh, his sharpness date. Um, mm, so yeah. maybe you can't read every you know as much into a, a guy like him. A lot of times with politicians, you can read into every little phrase because they 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 well most almost all of them are lawyers. Yeah. But because Orrin Hatch said, remember fairly recently that Trump was the greatest president we've ever had. The president is crazy. Orrin Hatch said President Trump was the greatest president we've ever had yeah. fairly recently. Did he? Yeah. Wow. Got a lot of attention. Yeah. Wow. And he just said, play that again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, these are serious charges, and uh, they can't be ignored. Do you think they're high crimes and misdemeanors? I wouldn't go that far just yet. Are they high crimes and misdemeanors? I wouldn't go that far just yet. Now, generally, when they're yeah. sharp, these lawyers, they throw in that just yet for a reason. Mm. But he's an old man. He might be. <laughs> I mean, he said Trump's the greatest president of all time, which even if you like Trump, that seems a... The little... president is crazy! All oh, right. <laughs> in a I mean, par- George Washington was pretty good. <laughs> Lincoln, remember him? Lincoln was good. In a pair of tweets, President Trump making it plain this morning where his sympathies lie. One tweet reading, I feel very badly for Paul Manafort and his wonderful family. Justice took a 12-year-old tax case, among other things, applied tremendous pressure on him, and unlike Michael Cohen, he refused to break, make up stories in order to get a deal. Such respect for a brave man. Oh my God, uh, I, I find that pretty hard to take. Oh, that's that's way over. The, that's indefensible. That is, the president is crazy. The president <laughs> is a president is crazy. I mean, that's an insane thing to say. Manafort's a criminal. He's a common white collar criminal. Listen, I will state this with a fair level of confidence. They got eight convictions and the ten hung juries. The non. Uh, non-verdict, right. I believe were mostly out of con- uh, confusion by the jury. Yeah. There are technical charges. There are a lot of paperwork backing them up. There are hundreds and hundreds of documents. So you think they he's weren't more... sure which documents went to which So you think he's charges. more guilty than they found him? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, you That's know, a I, safe bet anytime you're talking about Manafort. <laughs> probably, well, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> my point is that, and, and again, I, I don't mean to lean on this too heavily, but having served on juries, most of the jurors take it pretty seriously, and they don't want to convict somebody if they're not beyond a reasonable doubt. And if some guy's sitting there, look, I can't even understand this charge. I can't remember which of the evidence applies to it. You say that form goes to it. I think you're wrong. I can't find the guy guilty beyond a reasonable doubt of a technical financial crime right. I don't even comprehend. I can easily believe that that was the non-verdicts, because there wasn't a single acquittal. So, having said that, 
A, it seems very odd that the president would hail him as a, a just a beautiful guy. But secondly, isn't it a little weird that it took uh, Mueller and the special counsel to find this guy guilty of all this stuff? Yeah. He is a, a, a household name in Manhattan, in New York, in Moscow, in the uh, capital of Ukraine. Ukraine uh, d- d- help me. Uh, it doesn't matter. Various ostrich-based haberdashers. He's certainly well-known in the haberdashers in New York City. So why did it take, why did it take Mueller investigating Russian... You know, interference in our election cycle to bust this guy. Well, what it means to me is if he hadn't ended up under the spotlight of uh, Donald Trump, uh, Donald Trump's life, he'd have gotten away with it. And you he'd wonder, be working a new contract, uh, lobbying for some loathsome African president for life. And how many other dozens or hundreds yeah. of guys and women are just like him bumping around Washington, D.C.? They get away with it forever. Right. Lots of them, I guarantee you. Right. Yeah, and listen. This is not an argument to acquit the guy or turn him loose. He's a bad guy. But it it, it has to do with the swamp. Oh, how yeah. dirty I, the whole thing is. I'll bet he feels the same way Martha Stewart felt when she got busted and right. went to jail. Right. Why are you picking on me? Everybody I hang out with at the golf club, we all do this. Right. And our dads did it. What are you why why are you singling me out? What's this? Former police officer accused of being California's Golden State Killer is going to be tried in Sacramento County on more than a dozen murders committed in six counties during the 70s and the 80s. Authorities are saying Sacramento County was chosen due to the complexity of the case, the locations of the crimes, and the hardship of victims and witnesses. It would seem that this guy is the sort of sociopath who doesn't want to brag about what he did or how he got away with it or or whatever. Because some, some of those serial yep. killers do. They want to get caught because they want everybody to know how clever they are. Yep. But this guy, apparently, he's not saying nothing. Nope. A bill limiting children from ordering sugary drinks at restaurants is heading to California Governor Jerry Brown's desk. The bill is aimed at putting a stop to childhood ob- obesity. Senate Bill 1192 makes it so children can order only two beverages, water and regular milk. Penalties. How would you are 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 you sure that's right? Yo, now here's the deal: parents would still be allowed to order alternatives, but it would only be offered at their request. So the parents would have to say, "No, no, no, no." So the it's... restaurant has to say, "Do you want milk or water with that?" Right. Or and if, if you... they offer a junior meal that comes with the meal, a drink, and dessert, it's the go-to. the The default has got to be milk or water. You have to say, "No, no, I want a Coke for Junior." The idea right. of uh... Me, as a member of the government, deciding I've got to do this for parents because parents can't do it on their own mm-hmm. is just is is antithetical to the way I see the relationship between us and government. It is incredibly paternalistic, and that which is paternalistic turns its subjects infantile. It's just absolutely ridiculous. I'm perfectly... My kids have never had... I don't think they've ever had a soda at a restaurant. Really? Because the government has kept it away from right, them. Right, because the government intervened. No, because I don't think they need to drink pop with their, their their meal. So we don't order it. All the time, when I was a kid, hey, hey Ma, can I have this? No, you can have this. All right, I guess I'm because having Because the government right. was standing right. next door instructing her, Sean. <laughs> One last note, Aretha Franklin's attorney says she didn't leave a will and no trust. Don Wilson said he tried for years to get her to Where's set her up. Where's the R-E-S-P-I-C-T for the law? <laughs> yeah. Don says he tried for years to get her to set up a trust in order to keep her finances, about which she was intensely private, from going public in probate court, but she never did. Wow, that's just crazy. So now, how much she is worth will go public 
Her four sons have lined up. They've filed documents in court as interested parties in her estate. And her Very niece, interested parties. And her niece has asked to be appointed the personal representative of Franklin's estate. So in the words of my late friend Aretha Franklin, show some R-E-S-P-I-C-T. Got it. Those, I've seen this happen before. Yeah. I don't know if those uh, kids were all friendly before, but they won't be when this is over. I've seen that happen before. Jeez, people are your brothers and family the whole life. Then somebody dies and they start fighting over it and they never speak to each other again. Right. Fighting over the who got what percentage of what. It's just Yikes. terrible to see. Yikes. No will, no directives whatsoever. Just do a singing contest, winner take all. That's there what I go. think we should do. I like do. it. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Do we want to go through some of Duncan Hunter's financial troubles as he uh, kind of lucked out on the day that his news hit? How about yeah. this? We'll, we'll read some of the things from his, and then I'll read some bank statements from my 20s, and we'll see if you can figure out who is who. <laughs> yeah, wow, wow. Some really sad truths or claims by the government. Right. Stay tuned for the petering out coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Stretch is way overrated. Did you know World War One, World War Two, all those guys that fought in that war, right? They did push-ups, jumping jacks, sit-ups, climbed the rope, and ran. But none of this fancy shit, okay? Right? And they won two world wars. Two world wars by doing jumping jacks, push-ups, and sit-ups. Two world wars. You think they were worried when they're running across Normandy about f***ing stretching? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Sean, tell us who that is. Uh, that is the uh, Cleveland Browns offensive line coach, Bob Wiley. Uh, celebrity he most resembles is two Wilford Brimleys. <laughs> Explaining why stretching is stupid. Two Wilford Brimleys. Wow. I thought stretching was stupid, too, until I was about 40. When their entire offensive line comes up lame with hamstring pulls, we'll see what he thinks then. <laughs> so, <laughs> with nothing but jumping jacks, sit-ups, and push-ups. That's right. Two wars. Climbing the rope. Climbing the rope. I'm 330 pounds. I can't climb a damn rope. Well, good timing for Duncan Hunter as his scandal uh, came the same day as the Trump just giant media bombshell happened. Yeah. I suppose we'll spend more time on the Duncan Hunter thing tomorrow, maybe. W- within the district, it's a big deal, certainly. And, you know, within San Diego, it's it's disappointing. Uh, you know, it's disappointing if you support the guy policy-wise, because, you know, he's a good, tried-and-true conservative. Solid, solid conservative, you know, great family, blah, blah, blah. But if you believe the allegations in the uh, indictment, um, the 40, sorry, 47 page charging document, uh, they had some serious financial problems that they bailed themselves out of with campaign dollars. I mean, for instance, according to the indictment, um, they overdrew their bank account more than 1100 times in a seven year period. That's just incredible. So that's 157 times a year. That is 13 times a month. On average, 
approximately $38,000 in overdraft and insufficient funds so, bank fees. So three times a week for seven years, you overdraw your account. Yeah. You're, man, you're living a stressful lifestyle. Whoa! Yeah, that's right. Thirty-some thousand dollars in overdraft fees, and then some of the uh, the things that they uh, claimed were campaign contributions, or they they got spent, or the, and just just really uncool. You know, this it's the oldest story in politics. So, dad's popular and powerful, and then at some point along the line, next generation takes over and doesn't quite see the rules the same way, or the relationship between government, the government class, and the people. Yeah. That, I mean, that happens all the time. That's what Cynthia Nixon's running against Cuomo on, is yeah. that your dad, now you're this. and there's also, there's also being a lot more famous than you are rich. And some people make bad decisions because they feel like they ought to have a lifestyle that their actual income doesn't support. Oof, I'm glad I've never had that. Allegedly. I mean, they talk about uh, in January of 2010, Incline Village, Nevada. It's a beautiful spot. Uh, Let's see. uh, Duncan Hunter allegedly spent $1,008 in campaign funds at the Hyatt Regency Lake Tahoe Resort Spa and Casino for food, drinks, and three nights lodging during a personal ski trip. Uh, with various people on that day, their family bank account had a negative balance, incurred six separate insufficient funds fees, which is kind of a screwing from the bank. In one day? Yeah, which means six things hit from your credit card, for instance, right, or your but, checks. But and, try not try to stop buying things when you're out of money. Also on the same day, he... But you know what? I don't even go on... When I'm completely out of money, I don't go on fancy ski trips and stay yeah, in nice hotels and do stuff. That's what I was talking about. That's yeah. one of the ways I avoid that problem. Also on the same day, Duncan Hunter withdrew $20 from his personal bank account, leaving a balance of fifteen oh two, fifteen dollars and two cents. Sorry, this was me when I was 21? Yeah, exactly. Saying? That sounds yeah. like 19-year-old me yeah. in college. Yeah. I can take a 20 out, but that's only going to leave 10 in the bank. Wow, a lot of families live like this Ugh. for various reasons, and man, is it stressful, but well... He gets a chance to uh, fight the allegations. Armstrong, oh, this way, I forgot this. Huh? What? <laughs> what are you doing? Armstrong and Getty announced the boarding of the Final Thoughts Express. Hey, I like that. Wow. Like wow. that, huh? What? Wow, that was fantastic. That was future-y. That was magical. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Oh, hey, let's get a final thought from everybody. Positive Sean, what's your final thought? Yeah, it's good to know that I'm not the only person who has overdrafting issues in their history. I, (laughs) unlike some politicians, have not had those for quite some time. Right. But it's good to know that I wasn't the only one. Mm. Sure, sure. Marsha Phillips, final thought? Mom, Dad, listen, America's pediatricians are actually prescribing playtime for your kids. Take them outside. Walk around. Have some fun. It's free. God dang it. Yeah. Michelangelo, do you have a final thought? I do. This is a report you'll hear on CNN today. This presidency is the worst thing to happen to America since New Coke or even Pepsi Clear. I'm expecting Trump will resign in 72 hours. We need to start thinking about a Mike Pence America. <laughs> Beautiful. Pepsi Clear. I'd forgotten about that one. <laughs> Jack, do you have a final thought? No, I was going to do something politics related, but Marshall's thing about the, the kids not getting yeah. out of the house or having any playtime. Dang it. Be aware of how fast this is over. You're going to look back and think, I'd give anything I've got to have one more afternoon with a five-year-old when they're older. Jeez. Oh, Oh my gosh, yeah. It it makes my heart hurt just thinking about it. So my final thought, a a little philosophical. I'm a sports fan as well as a fan of uh, current events, politics. It's funny that really good sports stations and sports casters not only point out the problems with their team, but they really harp on it and demand, you know, better. 
And sports fans love that. Yeah. Not politics, in politics. It's it's usually the opposite. Yeah. You always you're always saying your team's going to win the Super Bowl, even though they're one and twelve, <laughs> um, or, or whatever. I, and, and, and you know we approach politics more like a good sports station does, and a lot of you hate us for it. But yeah, we're too stubborn to change. <laughs> There's more details from that Duncan Hunter stuff. Maybe we can get in tomorrow if they're true. It's pretty uh, pretty wild. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people thanks so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. See the clicks and email us. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Heck of a news day, huh? Crazy. Yeah. See you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Bye-bye. Our president is crazy. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.